The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. For the latest NCAA tournament coverage, check out Courtside with former Division I head coaches Dan Dockich and Seth Greenberg, available wherever you get your podcast. Fight fans, if you want the best UFC experience, you need ESPN+. With every pay-per-view event, live fight nights, exclusive originals, and an extensive archive, ESPN Plus delivers. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Monday afternoon slash evening. West Coast feel to this edition. Joining me from Oakland. I shouldn't assume. I didn't ask. Spears, are you in Oakland at home? Yes, I am. Joining us from Oakland, Mark Spears from The Undefeated. Uh, and joining us from across the bay. Our Used Warriors to be from right- Oakland. He, he, he left <laughs> with the Warriors. <laughs> How many, uh, Friedel, are any players still living in Oakland area, East Bay? Just, just Clay, right? Clay's got his spot there still, but I think everybody everybody else is on the other side now. I Does see. Draymond still have a play? Uh, he may have one in both, right? Uh, Draymond's definitely got a place in San Francisco. I don't know if he kept the place uh, on the other side, though. Now's the time to buy in San Francisco. Well, Juan Toscano Anderson might have a place in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's right. So um, you guys got to correct me if I'm misperceiving something. Um, maybe I'm in my own little uh, tunnel and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of not getting a fair representation. Um, why is everybody freaking out about LaMarcus Aldridge signing with the Nets? Why is this seen as some like, first off, why is it seen as some like creation of a super team? <laughs> because the Nets were already great, uh, and adding LaMarcus Aldridge, who I'm sorry to say is well past his prime, does not really move the needle. Uh, and why are the Nets being criticized like they're going against the sanctity of the NBA? Why is Kevin Durant being ripped for building super team? Am I off base here? or Because that's what I'm seeing a lot of, Spears. Um I think this is an insignificant signing. In fact, I could see ways that it could hurt the Nets. Yeah. But my gosh, people reacting like they just signed Will Chamberlain in his prime. Well, no, I I don't think you're overreacting. I think others are certainly overreacting um, that are hating on this. Because, you know, time and time again, we've seen like these super teams that didn't live up to their uh, expectations. You know, I remember covering being around Gary Payton and Carl Malone with the Lakers, right? And they were going to easily win the championship, and they bled their way to the finals. That <laughs> was a very trying season for them. And, and I remember, you know, when uh, the Lakers uh, had Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Remember that? Oh my oh, goodness, yeah. they're going to be amazing, and it didn't work. And the thing that is more challenging with this one is you know Blake's just getting the rust off LaMarcus hasn't played a month and so I I really don't know what either one of them is going to be I I know what they're capable of certainly but I'm not sure what they're going to be and 
they didn't get a training camp with these guys. They came in the middle of the season. And then Kevin, like, who knows when Kevin's coming back? So I, there's just there's just so many questions with the Nets that I think on, on paper and because of the names of these guys and because they were perennial all-stars and stuff like that, that the haters are going to hate. But it is also their prerogative as free agents, you know, thanks to people like Kurt Flood and Spencer Haywood to do whatever the hell they want to do. If that's what they decided Oscar to do, Robinson. yeah, Oscar Robinson, I, I have no problems with it at all. I think part of the issue is that people fall in love with names. And anybody who has watched Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge in the last year or two, they know they're just not what they used to be. Now, can they still be helpful uh, on a team that believes it can win a title? Well, we're going to find out. But to me, guys, that's the issue is that people fall in love with superstar name brands. And the reality is, especially in the buyout market, a lot of times when you're acquiring these players, the name brand doesn't live up to the type of player uh, he used to be. Uh, And Mr. Spears, I think back to uh, DeMarcus Cousins with the Warriors a couple of years ago. I mean, DeMarcus was when he signed, it was like, oh, forget the season. It's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this whole thing's over. And DeMarcus was working his way back from the Achilles injury and kept uh, trying to rehab and then had another injury, had another injury. Now, to his credit, he kept putting in the work, but uh, people were falling in love with what he used to be, the player he was before and not what he had become after all the injuries. And I think what we're seeing with Brooklyn is a lot of jealousy from around the league and even more, a a lot of people who can't accept the fact that some of these players just aren't what they were a few years ago. Could could LaMarcus Aldridge, could there be a playoff game where LaMarcus Aldridge scores like 18 points off the bench and that makes a big difference? Oh, absolutely. And if he does that one time, he will have... He will have done a good job. But, like, guys, the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, I realize that they're not infallible, but they basically said, we're done with you. I mean, they stopped. I mean, I know he requested the buyout, but they stopped playing him because they were worse with him on the court. And I was talking to an executive the other day, and he said, I think the Spurs had one of the best deadlines in the league. And I go, why? He said, because they swapped out Gorgie Jang for the Marcus Aldridge. And at this point, Gorgie Jang might actually help them more. And they got $7 million back from Aldridge in a buyout. And they, and they took on Marquise Chris from the, in just a money deal where they made like $1.5 million for taking Chris. I think that was the number about um, yeah. uh, like net because they, they, took, they took like two, some, two point something million. And they ended up with $8 bucks cash and may have upgraded at backup center behind Jakob Pertl by having Gorgie Jang in a buyout. As a side note, by the way, the Memphis Grizzlies – they're, I mean, they're tanking. I mean, I know. Again, I don't mean that Ja Moran is trying to miss shots, but they're two games behind the Spurs in the standings, and they bought Gorgie Jang out, so he go to the Spurs. <laughs> I, I don't think that they got the pedal to the metal. And while we're talking about tanking, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, oh are God. team tank right now. Okay, yeah. um, but there's a reason why that uh, Aldridge was was made available by the Spurs, and they basically stopped playing him yeah. because he was not good this year. The other thing I'm going to say is. I was talking to somebody who said, well, 
the good thing that the Nets did is they signed Aldridge, and so the Lakers couldn't have him. So the Celtics couldn't have him. So the Heat couldn't have him. Those are all potential yeah. playoff combatants. And I mean, I'm like, that's true. And I mean, I guess I'll check mark that. But it also means that they're they're probably, and I'll wait and watch, but they're probably going to play Nick Claxton less. Nick Claxton, their their second year center, has been great for them. Yeah. Switchy, athletic can get out and defend the perimeter. And if they're playing him less and Aldridge more in those minutes, I'm not sure that's a net positive. But even if I'm wrong about that, it's certainly not something to have a parade about, is, is my view. Well, but here, here's the thing. Like, and Brian, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I don't know that they need L.A. to be the Portland or early Spurs L.A. I don't know that they need Blake to be Clippers. They don't. Like, they they don't. just need them to, like, fill roles. And, and make their bench better. And, and you know, it, it just reminds me also, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, of when the Celtics in 2008 got P.J. Brown and got Cassell. And there was a game that P.J. Brown won for the Celtics in that championship. Oh, so yeah, to your right. point, I, I think it's, it's an overreaction in terms of their name, their star brand or whatever, but it's a hell of addition in terms of you know, adding to their bench because a lot of the guys on their bench, I'm not too enamored with. But when you have those three superstar scores, you know, all L.A. and, and Blake at this point need to do is, is fill in the holes, and I'm sure they want a title. You yeah. know, well, Aldridge I, paid $7 million bucks to get out. I mean, that's not chump change. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Andre Drummond gave up 700000 700, and then got that money back from the Lakers. Aldridge gave up seven million and signed for less than a less than a million. I think he'll get. And uh, I can remember, um, guys. I can remember back when I was covering the Heat in 2011, my first year in Miami, and Mike Bibby uh, got a buyout from the Hawks, and uh, he gave up five million dollars to come play for the Heat. And I remember uh, we he had a press conference when he got there, and I asked him the question. I said you know, $5 million left on the table. Is that, were you weighing that? And he, he told me basically don't count my money. Stay. You don't worry about what I gave up to come here. And you know what? He was right. Yeah. Uh, who, who, who am I, who am I to say that that was a strange decision? Um, you know, that Marcus Aldridge made a ton of money, whatever. Uh, but I mean, he, you know, if you give up $7 million, I guess sign with the team you want to sign with. Yeah. <laughs> because you have you, you are making a statement that that uh, that playing time and money and traditional things are not as important to you, yeah. and that's what he did at the end of the day, I think. And then I think it's also going to be fun, <laughs> like, right? You know, yeah. you like you I mean, playing with these guys that are your boys, your same era. Uh, I'm I'm sure that um, being with all those young guys and also. Being, playing in the Spurs organization, and this is with, with sincere respect because they've had a lot of success, but I think for veteran guys, it, it, it could wear on you a lot of the kumbaya stuff that they do, you know. Um, uh, so maybe he knows <laughs> there's a lot more freedom that's going to take place and a lot more fun that's going to take place in Brooklyn. It's like leaving the Patriots in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as Drummond, Andre Drummond goes, um, I'm not sure if Anthony Davis and LeBron are fully healthy. 
I'm not sure how much he plays in a playoff series, in a game. Because when the Lakers really need it, they're going to have AD at center, I believe, depending on the matchup. I don't know if they would do that against Embiid, but um, that's the only thing. I saw I saw somebody was was writing or saying that, oh, uh, Andre Drummond will help them against a possible Embiid matchup. And I was like, check the stats, man. Embiid has kicked Drummond's tail <laughs> uh, repeatedly uh, in Detroit and Cleveland. But um, the thing about Drummond is, like, uh, he rebounds. Even you know, first off, Drummond's like six years younger than Aldridge, uh, six or seven. Secondly, Drummond is one of the most elite rebounders in the game. He has been. He's one of the most elite rebounders in the last twenty years. He will rebound. Um, he's not terrific defensively, but he can score. And right now, the Lakers need scoring. So uh, short term, I think having Drummond helps the Lakers. Uh, in the grand scheme, in the playoffs, I think you need Anthony Davis to be your center when it really matters. I'm not talking about a tip-off. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, fourth quarter, game five, 2-2, two, two, who's going to win? That's going to be Anthony Davis out there. And if Anthony Davis is, is hurt and not out there, the Lakers don't have a good chance anyway. So... Um, you know, I think he's a he's a little bit more of an of a of an active body at this point, um, but I don't think it materially changes the balance of power in the Western Conference. We just you just summed up the entire buyout market every year, B. <laughs> I, mean, I know, but yet I'm seeing people like Lakers are loaded. Marcus Saul. I'm like, have you watched Marcus Saul? Right. He's, right. A, he's a shell of himself. People fall in love with the names. And this is what happens every year at this time. Uh, to me, I'm far less interested in whatever Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge do and far more interested in what the hell is going on with Kevin's hamstring. Because if yeah. if Kevin can't come back, I mean, Mark and I watched this <laughs> with the Warriors that last year. Didn't we see his Kevin last game? Come back. Yeah, it, it just, it, it's not going to happen for no, him. I'm talking about and, his last game this season. Oh no no what what do you mean in just what? in terms of how he was how no, he was then it wasn't his last game against the Warriors was that it was out, it was out west yeah, I, I remember I don't remember if it was that that last Warriors think, game or not it might Man, have been feels like forever ago like exactly. everything else no, this I, year I mean like Nick that's the thing nobody's talking about is when is Kevin coming back yeah it's just like ah oh, he's off next week he's he's, he's going to be out another week and I'm like wow it's, it's like the quietest big story in the NBA. Yeah. Well, they keep taking MRIs and they keep, <laughs> you know, n- not letting him play. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't, and I don't believe anybody's telling the truth. Um, I, I do think, call, but one thing I'll say about him, his last game, by the way, was at Golden State. There you he go, had, Mark. Uh, he had 20 points. He had missed three games. He comes back plays in one game then he's been shut down ever since that was uh i mean that's going on like two months right February 13th so yeah yeah so Um, i mean that that maybe that's why they need to get Marcus Aldridge you know well Marcus Aldridge is no Kevin Durant but the thing about Durant is he has this long history in his career of coming back from injuries and being great so as long as he's healthy i'm not worried about i you know, I hear Achilles injury on AD. I'm that's worrisome, and you know, high ankle sprains are 
you know, Clay Thompson had a high ankle sprain in the finals one year and didn't, didn't miss a game. Then you talk that I remember like football players who've talked about having high ankle sprains and they don't recover for six months. Like, I mean, they play, but they don't play well. I remember, I think Mario Chalmers, um, uh, I, one year I was covering the heat. I think he had a high ankle sprain and he told me later, like it bothered me the entire year. I was not a hundred. I was not right the entire year. So like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know what LeBron's going to look like when he comes back. Um, uh, and LeBron is still in my, from what I understand, he's still weeks away. Like he is still three to four weeks from even trying to play. Probably. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. In two weeks, maybe his ankle will feel better, but he's, it's not short term. And the Lakers gave an update on Anthony Davis last Friday. And they said, yeah, he's ramping up his on court work, but he hasn't been cleared for contact and he would probably need five or six days after being cleared for contact. So I think he's one to two weeks away at best. So, you know, like that, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, getting into mid April, mid to late April to have these guys back. But, but I will say this, Ryan, I think the nets are, obviously they're showing us they're, they're in better shape to s- sustain Kevin's injury with James just being James and playing on MVP level and with Kyrie playing right. for the most part since then, but he's missed games. So they're, well, they're still in first, right? Uh, it's neck and neck. Yeah. Whereas the Lakers, you know, they, they had to struggle to beat Orlando last night, man. And I, I really, really bad Orlando. Yeah, yeah. But this also to me is like Anthony Davis's and LeBron James's off season, the off season they didn't get. So yeah, they're recovering from these injuries, but I, I also think they're that seventy three days. I, I was worried that something, you know, could happen to them, and I don't know. That's why they got hurt or whatever, because obviously, you know, injuries happen. But uh, the the other the physical and mental rest that they're getting now, perhaps that helps them in the long run in in the playoffs, assuming they get fully healthy from their other injuries. Well, LeBron's was just bad luck. That was just yeah. he got stepped on or whatever. AD, that just seems like it could be a repetitive nature injury right there, you know. So AD, definitely, it could be badly needed. It just depends on what kind of shape they're in when they come back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists, who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Talking about the Lakers, so one thing I I think that Bears sort of watching, and I don't think it's going to affect this season, but coming out of the trade deadline, I, I think we should put it on the back burner is 
what is going to happen with Dennis Schroeder and the Lakers long-term here? Because they were absolutely offering him for Kyle Lowry um, last week. And here's the thing. So Schroeder became eligible to sign a contract extension in, um, in late February. So at least a month now. And from what I understand, they've had contract talks and they couldn't agree to an extension. Now, um, the most that Schroeder can extend for uh, under his current contract, because when you extend a contract, you're under some limit to how much you can you can get a raise. The maximum he can sign for is four years and $84 million if he totally maxes out what he's able to do on an extension. That is very close to the contract that Fred Van Vliet signed with the Toronto Raptors last offseason. I don't know how comparable you think Fred Van Vliet is to Dennis Schroeder, but I think it's not the worst comparison in the world. Um, actually, I, I think Van Vliet in some ways probably in some people might be more valuable, but it's not an out-of-line comparison. So what I have been told, and this rumor is pretty widely out there, so I doubt this is very surprising, is that the Lakers did indeed offer him that $84 million over four years. Now, this is where we get into gray area. Was it fully guaranteed? Was it partially guaranteed? Were there incentives? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But I believe he was offered a contract in that realm, and he said no to it. He said no to that extension. And subsequently, the Lakers offered him in trade for Kyle Lowry. So what does this mean for Schroeder coming out of this season? Uh uh, you know, there is not going to be a, de- a deep free agent market for point guards. There are going to be a number of teams out there that need to sign them. Um, Friedel, do you, because the Lakers really probably got to resign him because I don't think they can functionally replace him. Uh, I don't know what will happen though, Friedel. I know that if he's like most other NBA players I've covered through time, B, the, the fact that he was linked in the trade rumors, though, is going to weigh on his mind. Whether he ends up re-signing with the Lakers or not, uh, we'll see. But th- you go back through time, when players know that their team has attempted to move them or thought about moving them, uh, that is uh, a huge factor that comes into play because they're human beings first. And that's where my mind went. Not that uh, Schroeder potentially turned this down, because obviously, guys, he he knows what he feels like he's going to be worth here in a few months, and he feels like he can get it. If he gets to the free agency, he will his contract will be done. The Lakers would then be able to sign him for more. Maybe they right. don't want to, but they could. Just to be clear about that, right? And so he he must feel like in in talking to his agent that the money's going to be there. But I'm curious down the stretch here this season now. Uh, how much potentially uh, the fact that his team was willing to move him weighs on his game. I mean, I don't think it'll weigh on his game. I just wonder what it means for the future. Uh, I mean, he's been, he, he's been dangled a few times. <laughs> like this is, you know, yeah, he's been traded. Yeah. He's been traded quite a couple so times. He, he certainly knows the business, but you know, he's about to turn what? 27 years old. He's a relatively young guy. Um, or is 27. Um, he's never had an opportunity to just check out free agency and make his own decision. You know, so he gets drafted by the Hawks and then, you know, he ends up uh, jumping around a little bit uh, with Oklahoma City and, and now the Lakers. And I think I, 
I can see Dennis just like whether he wins a championship or not, you know, go enjoy it. I, I remember Pal Gasol tell, telling me the greatest thing in the world is being a free agent. Now everything changes when you sign, but it, it's cool to enjoy uh, the luxury of everybody telling you how pretty you are mm-hmm. and, and see what people can offer you and, you know, make, make a decision on a place you want to be um, as, as opposed to where you are forced to be. So I, I, I definitely see him, you know, enjoying free agency, talking to several teams, you know, checking out the scenery and, and, and making a decision. And if he wins a championship, I'm sure that makes it a lot harder. But, um, I mean, the Lakers did a, you know, we're certainly aggressive about getting him. But now nah, I, I could see him at least um, testing the waters for the first time in his life. Yeah, so that'll be so. There's a couple, you know, there's a couple of teams I said who are interested in point guards. Maybe Toronto will be one of them because maybe Lowry goes elsewhere. The Heat also could be interested. Um, we'll see. It'll, it'll be interesting to see whether teams go after Alonzo Ball. Uh, you know, because uh, I know that David Griffin like full throated denied that Alonzo Ball was really available, but he was available. Teams made offers. Um, they just didn't get an offer they liked. Um, whether or not a team makes LaBall a priority or or if they go after Schroeder. Um, well, it seems unlikely he's going to sign that Lakers extension at this point. Uh, that's something, definitely something to watch. And the other thing I'm going to say is I wrote about this a few weeks ago. Lakers have to watch their payroll a little bit. I mean, on one hand, they have the most money of any, you know, they, they not the most money. I think the Warriors have passed them in terms of revenue, although they're hammered right now because nobody's revenue is right right now because of the tickets issue. Um, but the the Lakers, with what they owe AD, with what they owe LeBron, um, with Kyle Kuzma's uh, money coming onto the books next year, um, they're, you know, they've got Caruso and Talon Horton Tucker um, and, uh, and Schroeder uh, free agents and, and keeping this team together could, could get very expensive. They're going to be a luxury taxpayer. So, they can't just pay him anything. And there's a reason why they had to angle it. And like I said, the, um, the rumor, not the rumor, the, this was more than a rumor. What was the league executives were told that Kyle Lowry was looking for a contract of two years and 50 million um, if he was traded for. And that was potentially cheaper and maybe more interesting to the Lakers than, uh, than Schroeder. And so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, when it comes to extensions, Another guy that I want to talk about that I think played into the trade deadline was Zach Levine, um, Friedel, your old stomping grounds in Chicago. They obviously made the most aggressive trade and trade for Nikola Vucevic. Um, Levine is having a spectacular season um, and really transitioning from sort of good player on a bad team, junk scorer, to leading man. I mean, you'd get, you'd get uh, different opinions on that, but he, you cannot deny how, how much better he's been. He's got one year left on his contract after this season. $19.5 million, good money, but below uh, all-star level. And one thing that I think we need to start talking about um, is that he is extension eligible this summer. But again, because of that contract, um, because... Um, they can only build off that number. Even if he wants to extend, he can only extend for four years and 105 million, which would be tens of million dollars less than his maximum salary. 
And so I think it's unlikely that Levine extends this summer unless, unless the Bulls do a renegotiation and extend. And what that would do is, and these, this is, this is rare in the NBA. Um, you take salary cap space and instead of spending it on a free agent, mm-hmm. you give it to a guy currently under contract and boost his salary up. So if the, you know, if he's, he's, if he's scheduled to make 19.5 million next year, let's say the bulls had $10 million in salary cap space. They could give him that extra 10 million bump up his salary to 29 million and then extend off of that. And they, they could, they could give him four years off of that. And now you're talking about a contract in the 150, $160 million range be 40 or 50 to $60 million difference to do that. And the bull, what's that? Has that been done? It has been done. Um, I'm trying to think of the last guy. If we had Bobby Marks on here, I'm trying to think of the last guy who did it. It's rare. It is rare. This is what Jimmy, but more, more interestingly, Freedale, this is what Jimmy Butler exactly. wanted yep. the, the Minnesota Timberwolves to do. He wanted them to clear salary cap space, not only give him an extension, but give him a raise and extension. Um, uh, you can debate whether or not it's a smart move for the Bulls, but the Bulls in trading for Nikola Vucevic, not only were they trying to make the playoffs and get better um, now, but and I know this kind of sounds crazy to people who have a opinion about Zach Levine. I think it was kind of a, a way to show Zach Levine that we are serious about this. We want to build a team around you so that they can get him to resign. Friedel, you, you do you think I'm out of? Do you think I'm out of bounds with anything I'm saying here? No, I, I don't think so. And more importantly, that's how Zach Levine took it uh, in reading his comments. The thing that gets me, and let me start by saying I did not a few years ago think the Bulls should match Zach. That proved, was very clear. Zach proved me. Zach proved me wrong, uh, and and I will if he can prove me wrong again if he gets his max deal five years two hundred one or if the Bulls. Renegotiate as you mentioned and laid out there. I'll do the same thing I did when he signed the first deal, which is walk up to him, shake his hand, and congratulate him. Uh, and if the Bulls have their way, they're hoping that can be at Grant Park down the line. But this is what I would say: I just can't believe that the Bulls are going to go down that road and max out Zach, whether it happens at the end of this season or whether it happens next summer. Because in my opinion, they're building up what they just tore down. And it's funny that you mentioned Jimmy in Minnesota because the reason that the Bulls moved Jimmy Butler was that they didn't want to give him the Supermax, which I believe was around $224 million because they did not believe as an organization that Jimmy was the number one player on the title team. And there were other factors involved. Jimmy's ego had, had gotten huge and the people who had loved him for so long had kind of grown tired of him. But Jimmy Butler wanted to stay in Chicago, and he wanted to recruit, which, as we all know, is so important now in this era of the NBA. Zach Levine, especially has, on the heels of Derrick Rose, not doing that. No question. And and Zach Levine has improved. He is a really, really good scorer. He's become a more efficient player. But to me, what still scares me is, as much as he's trying to improve defensively, uh, I I would still be hesitant to invest that kind of max money because I feel like with Levine and Vucevic, 
what's the ceiling on this team? They just traded away a bunch of their picks. I mean, what my point is, what the Bulls are now attempting to build would be exactly what, what they just tore down a few years ago because they didn't think that they were good enough. So but was that a, I think was it's that a fascinating a discussion. Uh, with well, Jimmy, I like what you see. I mean, like Jimmy was in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Bulls weren't. Right. Well, yeah, Jimmy and the Jimmy NBA two, I mean, the I was NBA gonna say finals, two games away, well, two both. games away from from doing it. I, Mark, I think there are a lot of layers here. First and foremost, Jimmy found the perfect team for him with the Heat. Uh, I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, at at the time, uh, I I thought the Bulls actually made the right move, but it was contingent on them hitting on their draft picks. And any conversation about the Bulls and Zach Levine guys to me, goes right back to Lowry Markkinen. Because go back in time when they made that deal. Markkinen was the guy that they all thought they could build around for the future. And the fact that Markkinen never lived up to the promise, and and now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. I know there were some conversations around the deadline. You mentioned Lonzo Balby uh, with with Markkinen and where the Bulls going to move him, and now what are they going to do with him in the summer? But because Markkinen didn't be – or turn into the player that they thought he was going to. That kind of altered the whole situation. But uh, to me, uh, I I would bet on that Levine can't be the number one face of a title team. And if I were the Bulls, I would have moved him uh, and and tried to reload because the roster was so barren otherwise. What they did instead was they trade for Vucevic, they move their picks, and they think, okay, Maybe down the line we can add somebody else. But I think that is a good team. I just don't think that is a team that in any way over the next couple of years is ever going to threaten for some kind of uh, Eastern Conference crown. But let me ask you this, what you know about the Bulls organization. Now, granted, you're talking about decisions that were made with Jimmy. It's a different front office. Right. Garm packs. What you know about the Bulls and the way they operate as an organization, I think – being a competitive team and being in the playoffs is a priority there. I don't think they are. I'm not sure they want to re retrofit again so that they spend a couple more years out of the playoffs. I think they want to be back in and that, that move, this move, this move, I think validates that. I'm not saying it validates it as the right decision, but it validates that that's what the organization wants to do. And I also will say that, Jim, I would say I would say it's very unlikely that Zach Levine extends this summer. So if that doesn't happen, you are now looking at that guy headed towards unrestricted free agency. And you know, if you have an all-star and a franchise player, and again, what you're saying is you don't think maybe he is a franchise player, but if you have a franchise player, you want to avoid him becoming an unrestricted free agent. Right. Five years, two oh one, Zach. Here you go. Two that's two, their decision. Two well, they can't do that now, though. Right, right. I'm saying a year from now in, in right, the scenario I mean, you're lining I don't up. know if that works, especially if – the other thing is to get the cap space to renegotiate and extend, they probably got to say goodbye to marketing because they, they used a bunch of potential cap space by trading for Vucevic, who has a good contract, by the way. It actually decreases in, in value the next two years. I give him the money. He's He's really young. He's 26. He continues to improve. He finally became an all-star. He's a guy that what I hate about one of the many things I hate about our current pandemic is that nobody could come to the games. And I think that 
a crowd being able to see him at the actually be an all-star in the all-star game probably would have helped his platform a little bit in terms of being one of the uh, stars of the league. Um, but uh, you, I think the main thing from a business standpoint is you got to keep the asset, you know, and he's young enough that I, I do think you can move him later. Um, he's talented enough where you can move him later. And I think it's also up to, the front office to finally be like, you know, build people around those two all-stars that that all-star players aren't a dime a dozen. Right. So now they got two, you're in Chicago, Nick loves Chicago. So Nick gets it. Like it, it used to be one of the coolest free agent destinations and now nobody wants to go there anymore. So, but as you mentioned, Brian, it's a new regime. You got two young guys get the rest of the people to join them. Are are they a championship team now? No, but who's to say what they will be if they could get that third superstar to to get in there with them? So I I, I definitely resigns that. And therein lies the argument here because what Mark just laid out, I know is what a, a lot of people in the building now feel like, all right, let's see what happens here. Uh, and, and Bulls fans were just crushing me a few weeks ago because – my point was, as much as Levine has improved, he is still, the numbers say he's still one of the worst defenders at his position in the league. And by a very wide margin, he has the worst record from any other player in in his career when you add up wins and losses. Now, is that all his fault? Of course not. He was playing on some bad teams. You look at what Devin Booker's been like when you put Carl some better Towns. players. Well, yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. That, that's that's another hour's worth. Hey, of man, when I was podcast. in my, my my third year in college at, at, at the University of DC, we lost seven players because of grades and injuries, and we won three games. Is that my fault? I had grades. It's on your records. I see. It's on your records. <laughs> but but the the point here is, look, uh, to Mark's point about two all stars, it's true. I would just say there's levels of all stars. And and Vucevic fits into this part of it as well because I feel like you could lump him in with Zach. Everybody who loves Zach Levine, no matter what you do or what you say, they say, well, he can drop 25 a game. It's true. But how many times, especially in the last few years, Zach Levine has played with nobody, really. Uh, Markinen was supposed to be the guy. He's not. Wendell Carter Jr. was supposed to be a guy. He's not. He's gone now. Uh, so – do Nick, you I think you like that- him, man. I think you, you're you're talking yourself into liking him, man. I, I mean, you- <laughs> no, 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 not for five years, two hundred one, uh, not for five. Because I watched, and and this is this is I'm sure why my perspective is what it is. I watched the Bulls have Jimmy Butler in the prime of his career, and tell them, hey, I'll recruit. I'll be the guy, and they didn't believe he could, and they didn't believe he could because they the stated goal was winning another championship. And I feel like Bulls fans, and certainly internally in the, the front office, and it's a new front office, although Mike Reinsdorf and, and Jerry, his dad, are, they're still running the show. They are so sick and tired now of being irrelevant that it's gone from, hey, Zach Levine's gotten better. Uh, let's see what we can do with him. But I feel like the if the stated goal always was we don't want to start building a team unless we be, really believe that we can win a title, 
then that's my point. It's not that Zach hadn't improved and he's going to score a bunch of points and maybe he's going to be better. It's that how much closer to a title are you actually going to be? And as much as I like Vucevic and and I liked uh, that addition, I just I and I'm always speaking for myself. I do not believe that a Zach Levine, Vucevic, and some extra pieces. Pat Williams has shown some flashes this year. Is really that great, and it's certainly not as good as whatever Jimmy Butler was going to uh, get you or try to get you a few years back. Right, and that's the problem. They've been so bad that they can't take it anymore. When's the last time there was reason to be excited about the Bulls? The day Jimmy Butler left. Yeah, so now, I mean, I, we're gonna, Nick, we're going to watch them tonight, and I know we're not supposed to probably put dates on this show, so I apologize for that, but I, I'm I'm excited. This like I, Obviously, Steph is coming back, so we're going to see Steph, which is cool, but I'm more so coming to go see the Bulls. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts, 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. You know, it's interesting, by the way, it's real Steph. Um, I don't think we talked about this in the podcast, but Steph is also eligible for an extension this summer. Um. I, I I I guess he would sign it, right? I mean, I guess the Warriors are offering a big extension and he'd sign it, even though he just turned 33. I thought it was hilarious over All-Star Weekend, LeBron praising Steph up and down, the one, one side and down the other, how much he loves his game, how much he respects him. Um, I mean, LeBron has obviously put the full court press on, uh, not the full court press, but LeBron has obviously begun recruiting of Steph just in the in the event that he wouldn't extend um, and that somehow he would become a free agent and the Lakers would have a swing at him but uh, Friedel do you you know do you think they are giving Steph the big extension this summer oh yeah I mean the second Steph wants to sign is the second he gets all the money uh, does he want to sign uh, he's gonna sign whether okay. whether he signs I, I actually had this argument with our boy Timmy B the other day uh, guys Timmy B is like, ah, oh, he may not sign. <laughs> he may not sign. Come on, look at that team. There's no way that Steph, who has only ever said he wants to stay with the Warriors his whole career, 
and who has only ever said, I can't wait to play with Clay again. It's going to be great. And Draymond's still uh, rolling through either the end of his prime or, or towards that other stage uh, at a different point in his career, that Steph is suddenly going to walk away. Steph is going to sign that big money extension at some point. Uh, nobody knows exactly well, he's, when. He's on a big money extent deal right uh, now. A bigger money extension. It's right. going to happen. Steph is at least going to sign the extension with the Warriors. Now, what happens a few years from now, we'll see because uh, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from the Warriors right now, and I don't think that Clay's arrival is going to vault them back near the top, but that's a different conversation. Well, Steph just, is staying with the Warriors. You yeah, can bank I, I mean, on that. Look, He's one of the he's one of the greatest players in NBA history, and I'll I don't I don't want to start an argument about that. He you know that's just my viewpoint. It's fine. If you want to fight me, fine. Ridicule me. Um, just to point out, he is thirty three years old, and this extension will you know if he gets a max extension, it, you know he'll be making in the mid fifty millions Brian, Brian, per year. I'm gonna stop you. Steph Curry is a god here. Right. Correct. So. Yeah. I think they would be if if all Steph Curry could do is sit in a chair and shoot threes at forty. <laughs> the people here would be excited about it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't Fine. think I, just, I would ever see anybody, and I'm a Bay Area native, that is bigger than like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice or Rick, or even Ricky Henderson. Right? This dude. And Niner fans might be mad with it. He 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 just surpasses them because, although the, there was this one team that you know left, so let's forget about them. But when they were around, you had to pick either you were a Niners fan or a Trader fan, right? One or the other. Um, <laughs> you were an A's or a Giants fan. With the Warriors, there was no competition, but they were trash for the, forever. And Steph brought them from the depths of hell and won this team. Like, just the fact that they even won one championship is, like, amazing. still amazing to me from growing up here. Like, because it was like, oh, I mean, and it's probably like you growing up in Ohio with the Cavs, right? Like, you like, I remember as a kid, oh, the Warriors got a shot at the eighth seed. Wow, that's great. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, that was a big deal if they could make the playoffs. So, like, Steph has to, like, in, in a Warriors fan's mind, Steph has to like play his whole career here. They don't care what they pay him. Like, and it might and, da- and, and it could ultimately damage this franchise. If they don't care, man, like <laughs> he has to. I think it's, it has to be like Dirk. Like he had or Tim. Yeah, but Dirk was Dirk wasn't getting the big money. Dirk was taking pay cuts. Yeah, and, uh, and perhaps maybe Steph does that in the end. I guess right, but. Ah, like if they really because he already he gave them discounts you, you, with that you one. You want to turn off this fan time. base? Don't give them that money. <laughs> You're right. I know. I'm just look. Uh, I don't want to be one of those guys who's counting other people's money. Yeah. It, it's just my role to no, say. No, I, no, I, I, everything you're saying. It's my role to say 55 sense. million when he's 37. That's everything that's that all, you're saying you know. makes complete sense. He yeah. just, you know, you got to be amazingly idolized. When Kevin Durant comes to town and he can't, he can't like <laughs> challenge that popularity. You know, <laughs> like it, this is just this is an athlete that it's like I don't I don't know that the Bay Area has any ever had somebody that they 
put on a pedestal more than him. Okay. Everything that you said, don't disagree with any of it. Respect. And your, I respect uh, what you said. I think we're both right. But, but I just want to point out LeBron thinks there's some doubt. Otherwise he wouldn't be doing this. Cause I know he feels a certain way about stuff. Cause I watched it. The doubt about what? What do you mean? Did you think you think LeBron thinks he may leave? LeBron started recruiting him at the All Star break. Yeah, Le- okay. Steph is not going to leave. He's not not right now. He's okay. not going to leave. Fine, I mean, but I'm LeBron recruits right everybody, just, right? So fine, he gets a lot of guys yeah. too. I, I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> Steph is eligible for a contract extension. <laughs> but, but let's clear it up right now. This is like the conversation a couple years ago, Mark. What it reminds me of is, oh man, Clay may go to the Clippers. <laughs> Remember that one? Oh, Clay. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to stay. Clay was never leaving. Steph for the foreseeable future is not leaving. Okay. I've started to hear it too. Just to be clear. It's not happening. Just to be clear. Steph, ha- Steph is eligible for a contract extension this summer. And LeBron started recruiting him an all-star break. Yeah, but he might be playing for somebody else. And once the next contract's done. Listen, man, I'm not, denying. I'm just, sta- I'm just stating to you. I'm not. Uh, he's position. still going to be with the Lakers. He might kick later New York is cool all the time. Uh, the point, the point is well taken. I understand yeah, what no, you're, where you're going, B, but, uh, but yeah, uh, well, Steph's not going anywhere. Before we go, speaking of LeBron, Rich Paul, his agent had what I thought was an incredible interview with Colin Cowherd from Fox last week. And I am going to read the quotes and there's two things and we don't have a ton of time, so just because I know this is going to get people feeling a certain way. There's two things I'm taking out of this. I'm probably going to take out something different than other people are, but I'm going to read you. I'm going to read kind of a, a long part of the quote because, I, I mean, when you're taking anything out of a podcast, you, you can be taken out of context, but I'm going to try my best here. This is Rich Paul talking about Allen Iverson and how things would have been different if he was his agent. Quote, Give me Allen Iverson leaving Georgetown coming into the league, and today Allen Iverson will have a billion-dollar brand. Today, uh, Allen Iverson would, would be positioned much different. Still be a Hall of Famer. I'm not talking about what he did on the floor because obviously we can't even talk about that. He's just a one-of-a-kind person, and his impact, his ability, what he could have done in the community, even though he'd never done, even though he'd never had anything to show, and he's helped so many people. But the business to be built with Allen Iverson and that w- that would have been still sustainable today, I think would have been neck and neck with MJ. Look, he had white America wearing cornrows, okay? The arm sleeve. He had such a different impact. I probably would have done things different because I would have said, Alan, I'm not focused on the upfront money. We put too much focus on the upfront money with guys and you, the, and you can build a business with. I'm building a billion-dollar business with Allen Iverson. There's no question about it. His retro business with the right product would probably have been second only to Michael Jordan's today. Now. So is he going back Spears, the reason and Because at that time, he couldn't have done it. Spears, here's what I'm taking out of it. Yeah. This is a direct gut punch. Not to Allen Iverson, yeah. but to Leon Rose and World Wide West, who were Allen Iverson's agents at the time and who now run the New York Knicks, who used to represent LeBron James and Rich Paul worked at CAA yeah. under Leon Rose um, Interesting. before 
leaving to start his to start Clutch Sports. This is a gut punch at the guys who run the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, even if you may agree or disagree, we'll talk about that in a second. But I find it interesting that he is taking that position in a public manner. Um, I, I read I read it a couple times, and I think my initial feeling in reading it later, you know how like they always say it's hard to compare players in different eras. Well, I also think it's hard to, and look, I have a ton of respect from Rip for Rich. I knew him before Clutch and and what he's been able to build. I've known Rich since yeah. I've known Rich for seventeen. You probably years. met him when he was selling clothes. Like you know what he's been able to do. His story is worthy of a Netflix documentary. It's legendary. Agreed. Um, a fascinating story, especially considering the fact that he didn't grow up with LeBron. He met. He just like met him. And build a That's friendship right. with him. Um, so his story is fascinating. And kudos to him. Everything he's done. Everything he's built. Like the clutch sports is amazing. And the fact that he's gotten a football. All of that. I just think with Allen. Allen was a different dude. I covered Allen. I know Allen really well. I was actually at a wedding with him. And two years ago. Um, sitting at the same table. Chopping up about a lot of stuff. <clears throat> and I covered him when he played for the Nuggets. Allen beat by his own drum. <laughs> like there was nothing anybody was going to tell him to do. You know, when the season was over, he disappeared and he played pool with his friends and enjoyed the nightlife at night. And that was it. And um, I think when you look back at his Reebok deals at the time when he did them, they were pretty legendary. I think. People were really excited about it. So I think it's and when you play Monday morning quarterback now, it's hard to do that for something that happened 20 plus years ago. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, <laughs> time and place. I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, we weren't there. I have no idea what what Wes and Leon wanted to do yeah. and what Alan enabled them to do. I don't And like, by the way. Rich has done a nice job with his clients. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like everything you're saying, I I am listening closely to because I know you know him. Yeah. Um, I'm just more fascinated. You know, like I Rich represents free agents that the Knicks are yeah. are going to potentially go after this summer, and this is I mean this just this is a little bit yeah. of this is this is the bad blood in the agent business spilling out into the yeah. public here. I mean, and I it doesn't I've always seen, happen. I saw Allen crying in thanks to Reebok. Like Reebok gave him like some bronze shoes. Some, you could look it up on YouTube and probably find it, but like to kind of like commemorate, I think is like first the signing of that contract and everything like that. I'm trying to remember the details, but like he's super appreciative of that. He's super appreciative of making that money. Um, Alan was known to cry from time yeah, to time. Yeah, but I mean, the also the retro industry now compared to them, then like in a lot of ways, Jordan kind of fell into it, right? <laughs> um, we didn't right. we didn't know twenty years ago that shoes were going to be this popular. Well, also the Reebok brand has been sold once and is now like for sale again. Yeah. Uh, I mean. 
I don't, I mean, I can't speak yeah. to that. Um, Friedel, like this is like when you were growing up, Al Iverson was a, uh, right. Like when you were, a, an, or, you know, you were probably a, a Shaq, you probably got Shaq. The, the, I, I, you know what I'm flashing back to right now? The eighth grade championship basketball game at Lake Highland in Orlando, Florida, the day of the game. My mom took me to Just for Feet, and I bought the answers. And I thought they were the coolest shoes ever because, A, I was wearing them. And so me and a couple of my buddies wore Iverson shoes (laughs) during our game, and we were like, man, this is is pretty sweet. I mean, Mark, you you have a close relationship with him built up over a couple decades. The only interaction I've had with – AI really was I saw him at the Miami Hooters after a Heat Bulls game a few years back and the entire restaurant what were you doing kinda, there, I was I was getting a grilled cheese <laughs> and milk grilled cheese and, and milk. milk yeah yeah that's all but I truly like out of all the guys that we have covered and you've watched through time the the entire Hooters kind of stopped, and certainly as somebody who watched Iverson growing up, I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, um, "You know, Mr. Iverson, what's up?" And because <laughs> I was taking, I was going back in time to when I was twelve years old, thirteen years old, watching him, and and he just kind of walked by. But I mean, he had that respect factor. And as I read through that story, be about Rich Paul, what he was saying, I it's very clearly he was taking a shot, but. What it reminded me of in present day is Mike Trout uh, with Major League Baseball. And I would explain it this way. All baseball wants is to build around Mike Trout and to build the brand of Mike Trout and to uh, have him be the face of the game and to monetize the popularity of uh, what many believe is one of the greatest players to ever do it. Uh, but Trout doesn't want that. That's the same he wants Luka, no right? part. It, exactly. That's what it seems like. And so – uh, it's interesting in reading that story just because Trout doesn't want it. It doesn't seem like Luca wants it uh, now. And back in time to what Mark's uh, describing, it doesn't seem like AI wanted to be that guy. You know what? To and, be I, and I'll say this. I, I've everything. asked him when I, the last time we, you know, I, I talked to him on the phone last year for a little bit, a couple of times, but last time I, I got to spend some time with him, I talked to him. I'm like, do do you ever think about like being on TV, like like Charles, like you know, like you know Paul Pierce, or like you know being on the jump or any of those things? And he told me he wasn't interested in it at all. And I'm like, why? People will like lean on your every word. And he's like, man, I just don't want to talk bad about people. Which I thought was really interesting that he said that. He's like, I just. I feel like if I take one of those jobs, I got to take shots at folks, and I, I just don't want to do that. And perhaps he's kind of like one of those guys where the spotlight was so bad on him, uh, so hot on him in a negative way, so much of his life, so much of his career, that I think he likes being behind the scenes now and likes being a Loch Ness monster or like a Bigfoot where you see him, you're like, wow, you know? He's just like sticking mm-hmm. his head out out the the door from time to time um i I don't know that he wants the responsibility of a day-to-day job or i I have a friend daniel Wu, the the famous actor he's been trying to get alan to do a movie with him i mean alan will take the call and just 
I don't know that he's really interested. You know, you know what I mean? Like he just, I think he enjoys being behind the scenes, occasionally sticking his head out, showing respect when something like a tragedy, like where Kobe passed, you know? Um, but other than that, I think he li- lo- loves where his life is. And, and so you're saying he wouldn't want to go sell the soap, go sell answer 37. Yeah. Like, like go that. promote it and do this and do that and do a bunch of commercials. Although Jordan doesn't really do that. They just stick yeah. the jump. Oh, he don't have he doesn't promote it. He just, <laughs> right. but, well, you know, the thing is Leon Rose has been, has been applauded because he, he, you know, cause Alan had some financial issues and he had, he backloaded the contract and he's got like $30 million coming to him when he turns 50. See, but you know, like I mean, the, uh, I also think the difference was that, you know, Allen also didn't have, he didn't have a four horseman. He, he, he right. didn't have a bunch of guys that he trusted. Um, you know, he had one older guy, um, that was always around him. Uh, but he, I, I think the thing that the beauty of a lot of the, the the young black players that I'm seeing now and is they they seem to be much more savvy business wise than that generation 20 years ago. We we heard time and time again stories of guys wasting money, losing money. You know the Antoine Walker stories and stuff like that. You're you're not really hearing that from those guys now. They 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 just they're just getting so much better advice and you know representation, you know. So maybe that might be what kind of Rich is talking about, you know, in terms of that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, I I just um, I think I think Alan likes just having a normal life now and not having to to be in front of the camera and answer questions all the time. I get it. He showed up he late did, certainly... to his Hall of Fame speech. You know, I mean, like to, the Hall of Fame <laughs> interviews to, to the press conference. But when it, Spirits, once he showed you're... up, he was amazing. Best interview, better than Shaq, better than Yao, better than uh, uh, Lisa Leslie. He he was outstanding. But like he 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 beats by his own drum, and he's going to get there when he gets there. And so I don't know if a lot of people want that. You know what I mean? He's like Prince. Yes. That's a really good, <laughs> really good comparison. You, you remember, I know you remember the Spears because it was, it was where you were living at the time. 2005 All-Star Game in Denver. AI wins the MVP. Comes into the post-game press conference. He's going to be celebrated as the MVP of the All-Star Game and gives a soliloquy on how in America people just want to build you up to tear you down. And like he basically is sullen and melancholy about winning because he's been, you know, scarred by being built up and torn yeah. down, which, you know, does happen. Yeah. And I, I remember like, Alan, this is, this is the time for you to be lauded. He just won the MVP of the all-star game, but he, he was not yeah, there. For you don't it, really so. see him doing, he, he says something here and there on Twitter and on IG and everything, but it's mostly like fun stuff doesn't really make yeah. his presence known. He could, doesn't really care to, you know. I I also remember, like, people talk about, and, and he may not like me bringing this up, but I think this is an example of the pressure that he was under as a player. But 
practice was nothing compared to what he said in Sacramento. You remember that, Brian? What do you mean Sacramento? So when he played for the Grizzlies, <clears throat> he missed training. I mean, he was hurt during uh, preseason. Don't even think he played in the preseason. The season starts. He ends up not starting Mike Conley. A young Mike Conley starts. Um, after the game, you know, Iverson ended up having like 15 off the bench. But he was really, really, like, upset about not starting, like, that his name wasn't enough to have him start. Right. And so after the game, I remember being in the Kings locker room, and O.J. Mayo was, was next to him with his mouth just hit the floor. And Allen basically, so loud enough so they could hear it, um, told off the coach, Lionel Hollins. <laughs> he told off. He, uh, Mike Colley, like, just was, like, loud enough so everybody in the locker room could hear it about him, like, being upset about starting and not respecting who he was. And his time in Memphis didn't last long. He, I don't even no, think he didn't. even played a home game for the Grizzlies, right? I think it was, like, seven yeah. games off the top of my head. But seven none of them – I don't that. even think the Grizzlies fans saw him once in, in FedEx form. Wow. So when the dust settled – and in the locker, you know, Alan had showered and he came out. And I'm like, I mean, Alan, you didn't play in a preseason. Like, I'm sure you'll be starting in a week. Like, why why, why do you feel like you needed to say all that? And he goes, man, what, what are my fans going to think? What is my family and friends going to think about me not starting? About me not basically having a spotlight on me. And I was like, man, this dude. Has so much. He has so much pressure that society has put on him, and and he has put on himself to be legendary. I, I don't think he ever would have been comfortable like coming off the bench and not being in, announced in the starting lineup. I think it. He was built up so big that being average just doesn't sit well with him, and I, I don't think he meant even though he did verbalize harm to Lionel Hollins and to um, Mike Conley. And if you can find that video, it's, 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 it's telling, right? I, I think that was something more that of the pressures that he's dealt with his whole life. And he's one of my favorite people, one of the best people I've ever met. And so I, with all that, I, I'm not surprised that he's, He's quiet behind the scenes, not really in the public. Because if all of a sudden he said he wanted to make a Reebok great again and wanted to do TV and all that, oh, I'm sure people would open up the doors instantly because he is that popular. I agree. He just, he just doesn't want it. He played three games for the Grizzlies, by the way. I looked it up. Yeah, none <laughs> at home. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, I appreciate your – just file that away that Rich said. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I apologize for my uh, soliloquy on Iverson. No, I, I really appreciated that. At all, but. No, I well, I thought it was. Um, file that away. Uh, all right. Thank you, Friedel. Thank you, Spears. Thank you, Tony, our producer. Thank you, Listen to Hoop Collective. We'll talk to you later in the week. Right, take care, guys.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.